Turn with me to the book of Ezekiel. In chapter 18, book of Ezekiel, chapter 18, and just reminding you that concerning last week's message, was concerning apostasy, God's law governing apostasy, which he mentioned in verse 24. One who, just going through the points quickly, one who has truly repented of their sins and trusted the Lord turns from their life of sin. But the false professor the one who apostatizes, he turns back to the life of sin. He, by doing so, he manifests that his profession was only false. It wasn't real, it wasn't true. He'd never truly repented of his sins. And he tried to walk as a saved individual for a while, for a while in sin. And he manifests that by turning back to his sin, to his life of sin, as, as the dog returns to his vomit, as the sow that is washed returns to its wallowing. So that one who is never truly repented of their sins, returns to their life of sin, and die in that life of sin. We touched lastly, last week on the point that God does not save because of our good work. The good works of a righteous man manifest that which has taken place in his heart. But the seemingly good works of a false professor manifest shortly by his return to his life of sin that they were not good works before God. They were simply filthy rags. He had never repented of his sin and trusted in the Lord Jesus Christ. Tonight, we've labeled the point on these verses before us verses 25 through 29. We've titled it, Is God Just? Is God Unjust? Let's read verses 25 through 29. He says, 
ye say, the way of the Lord is not equal. It's, it's not right. It's not, it's not balanced. Therefore, it's not, it's not just. Hear now, O house of Israel, is not my way equal? Are not your ways unequal? Are not your ways unbalanced? Are not your ways unjust? When a righteous man turneth away from his righteousness and committeth iniquity and dieth in them, for his iniquity that he hath done, shall he die. <laughs> he's going to die in those iniquities. He, he's a sinner. He's never been redeemed. He's never, he's never received the righteousness of God. Again, when the wicked man turneth away from his wickedness that he hath committed and doeth that which is lawful and right, he shall save his soul alive, because he considereth and turneth away from all his transgressions that he hath committed. He shall surely live, he shall not die. There again, I, I invite you to look at the sense of the verb. <laughs> Denoting that, that it's an continual process. He continues on in it. It's not a one-time thing. He continues on in that turning from a life of sin. In that turning unto God. Yet, saith the house of Israel, the way of the Lord is not equal. O house of Israel, are not my ways equal? Are not your ways unequal? God had just showed previously in the verses before us, He had showed His equity. He showed his fairness. He showed his equality. He showed his that he is just. And therefore rendered these statements injustice. He uses justice in the dispensing of his judgment. Yet these Jews, <laughs> these Jews, those in those in captivity near the river Kibar <laughs> in Babylon, and those remaining in, in Jerusalem, charge him with being unjust. Think about that. 
Have you ever looked at situations, looked at God's providence, looked at God's doings, and considered that maybe he was unjust? Turn with me to the book of Job. The book of Job in chapter 12. We see that Job wondered. He says, and this is Job speaking, not one of his unfaithful friends. The tabernacles of robbers prosper, and they that provoke God are secure into whose hand God bringeth abundantly. This is what Job thought he observed. He thought thief, robbers, he thieves, thieves. Prospered more than he did. That God's blessings was upon them more than upon himself. Turn with me to the 21st chapter. The 21st chapter of Job. In verse 7. And here we have more words of Job. And I'm going to... Give me a minute here. I need to shut off my Wi-Fi. Job chapter 21, verse 7. Wherefore do the wicked live, become old? <laughs> Yea, are mighty in power. <laughs> Did you ever wonder that? I'd be lying if I say, said I didn't. My father-in-law died at 57 years of age. And I looked at men in the plant where I worked who were older, but unsaved. Shame on me. And wondered, Lord, why him and not them? Kind of what Job is saying here, isn't it? Turn with me to the observation of Solomon in the book of Ecclesiastes in chapter 7 Ecclesiastes chapter 7 in verse 15 he says all things 
have I seen in the days of my vanity? There is a just man that perisheth in his righteousness, and there is a wicked man that prolongeth his life in his wickedness. And then, in essence, what I, I, say, I said, my observation was, when my father passed away, turn with me to the ninth chapter of Ecclesiastes in verse 2. All things come alike to all. Think about what he's saying. All things come alike to all, to the, to the just and to the unjust. To the saved and to the wicked. All things come alike to all. There is one event to the righteous and to the wicked. It's the same, it's the same event. It happens to both of them. To the good and to the clean and to the unclean, to him that sacrificeth and to him that sacrificeth not, as is the good, so is the sinner. And he that sweareth, as he that feareth an oath. <laughs> what does this mean? He's questioning the equity. He's questioning the, the fairness of God. Surely the righteous should abound. Surely the righteous should prosper. You would think. But consider the fact that those questions asked and, and those thoughts asked are, are of a, a physical nature. Does physical prosperity, does that show the blessings of God? What are the real blessings of God? What are the real blessings of the Lord? He tells us in the book of Matthew, chapter 6, lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth. For they fly away. He didn't use those words, but that's where <laughs> rust sets in and moth comes in, decay. In other words, they fly away. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. You see, I've come to realize the last 20, 25 years that the real blessings of God are spiritual in nature. They're not physical in nature. Many times the physical 
what we perceive to be blessings only serve to turn our hearts away from God in disobedience. God replies, I am just. You are unjust. And he said it a couple of thousand years before. Now, turn with me to the book of Deuteronomy. The book of Deuteronomy in chapter 32. Look with me at verse 4. He is the rock. <laughs> Notice the capital R on rock. <laughs> the Lord God is, is the rock. His work is perfect. For all His ways are judgment. <laughs> all His ways are righteous. A God of truth and without iniquity. Just and right is He. <laughs> See, there's no unfairness with God. There's no unbalance with God. God is perfect and just and right in all His ways. Turn with me to the book of Psalms. Psalms in 103. And look with me here at verse... Six. The Lord executeth righteousness and judgment for all that are oppressed. <laughs> for all that are oppressed. All his dealings is done in righteousness and fair judgment, justice. The book of Proverbs in chapter 16, in verse 11, a just weight and balance are the Lord's. <laughs> you see, he, he doesn't know any inequity. He doesn't know any injustice. His ways are just and right. All the weights of the bag are His work. His work. They're, they're proper weights. You can, you can count on them to being right. You see, even in the day that this was, was written, it was common with men. You had to watch them. Because they pull the weights out of their back, and it wouldn't be a true 16 ounces. It might only be 15 ounces or 14 and a half ounces. And you'd think you was getting a full pound. That wasn't their measure back then. You know what I'm talking about. But you can, you can count on God's 
that awaits being right, being true. Romans, book of Romans in chapter 2. The Holy Spirit led the Apostle Paul to write this to the Romans. But we are sure that the judgment of God is according to truth against them which commit such things. He's referring to the things that was named and mentioned in the last part of chapter 1. From about verses 18-19 through the end of the chapter. He's referring to the Things. We, 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 we are sure that the judgment of God is according to truth against them that commit such things. Getting back to our text in the book of Ezekiel. God declares in 26, God declares those who have made false professions, those who apostatize, those who have made false professions, they are yet in their sins and they shall die in their sins. We want to re-preach last week's message, but turn with me to uh, a couple passages of Scripture that, that, that are great uh, to pray this. Turn with me to the book of First Chronicles. First Chronicles in chapter 10. And verse 13. Good example. Chronicles 10, verse 13. So Saul died for his transgression, which he committed against the Lord, even against the work of the Lord, which he not, and also for asking counsel of one that had a familiar spirit to inquire of it. Saul, Saul struggled. Saul, Saul tried to tried to be a a true professor. He tried to walk in good paths, but he just couldn't do it. His heart was still evil. His heart was full of sin. And he did not walk in the ways of the Lord. He did not obey the commandments of God. And he died in his sin. He died in his sin. And that one that, that, that he sought with a familiar spirit... <laughs> Revealed to him that, that 
was going to die. Not only him, but his sons. Also, Proverbs chapter 11 and verse 19, I think we read last week, as, as righteousness tendeth to life. Yes, righteousness. A righteous man who, who turns from his sin and, and strives to, to live a life that brings honor and glory and praise unto the Father. It tends to life, everlasting life, eternal life. So he that pursueth evil, pursueth it to his own death. <laughs> you see, the man who's never truly repented, who's never turned from his life of sin, turned to God, to continue on in his sin, he's going to die and he sinned. He's going to die eternally, separated from God. Back in our text, Ezekiel, the thoughts that we have in verses 27 and 28. God also declares that, that those who have truly repented of their sins and turned from their evil, wicked ways, they shall have an abundant life. Both now and eternally. And just to back up a little bit, that abundant life, now, does not mean physical prosperity. It can include that, but it means an abundant life in Christ Jesus, abundant life enjoying the spiritual blessings of God upon their lives and in the house of the Lord. That's why the psalmist said in Psalms 122, in verse 1, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. <laughs> because spiritual blessings abounded there. Turn with me to the book of Isaiah. The book of Isaiah in chapter 55. In verse 7. Isaiah 55, 7. Let the wicked forsake his way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts, and let him return unto the Lord, and he will have mercy upon him, and to our God, for he it will abundantly pardon. You see, there's, there's the abundant life. To, to have the mercy of God and, and pardon the forgiveness of God for our sins upon us is the abundant life. Is it not? Back in our text in the book of Ezekiel, 
Now verse 29. God states that his way is just. It is their way. It is man's way that is just unjust, that is not right. God's way is just and fair. Turn with me to the book of Proverbs. Proverbs in chapter 19. In verse 3. Proverbs 19.3. The foolishness of man perverteth his way, and his heart fretteth against the Lord. His, his foolish heart keeps him from turning the right, turning to righteousness. That is bound up in his heart. And he blames God for it. He didn't blame himself for his own sin. But he blames God. Because God chose some and worked on some to turn from sin and turn to Him. God chose some to be righteous. To receive the righteousness of God. And those that He didn't choose, they blame Him for not choosing Him. And they're continuing on in their sin and degradation. Turn with me to the book of, uh, well, turn with me to chapter 17, or not 17, chapter 13, I'm going to back up a, a way for a comparison here. Chapter 13 and verse 6. Righteousness Keepeth him that is upright in the way. <laughs> you see, <laughs> a righteous man, because he's righteous in, in heart, he's righteous inward, he has the righteousness of God. It keeps him in the way, <laughs> in the way of righteousness. But wickedness overthroweth sinner. <laughs> Or his, his wicked heart keeps him in the way of wickedness. And it overthrows him in the end. Isaiah chapter 11. We'll close with this one. Isaiah chapter 11. And... Verse 4. But with righteousness shall he judge the poor and reprove with equity for the meek. 
of the earth. And he shall smite the earth with the rod of his mouth and with the breath of his lips shall he slay the wicked. Well, you know who this is talking about, do you not? He's talking about the rod, the stem of Jesse. Talking about the seed of David. Talking about the Lord Jesus Christ. How's his judgment going to be? How's his rule going to be? It's going to be in righteousness. It's going to be equitable. It's going to be just and right. And he'll spite the wicked with the rod of his mouth. Revelation calls a sword of fire that comes out and cuts them in half. Cuts them asunder. In the last three verses of our text we'll deal with next week.